Welcome to the Church on a Hill podcast. This is Pastor Corey Lahiri, and the Church on a Hill podcast is a ministry of Palouse Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. We are glad you joined us for this podcast, and we hope that that this will bless you. Specifically, this message today is from our Y'all series. That's Y'all, as in you all, and we're looking at great scriptures from the Bible that are to us all, good promises that the whole church needs to hear. We hope you enjoy the Y'all series, and you can find more resources at palousechurch.org, or you can check us out on the Bible app and select us as your church, or or find us on YouTube or Facebook. But for now, uh, tune in to this message from the Y'all series. Hi friends, thanks for choosing to, to watch or listen to this sermon today. We're in a series that we're calling Y'all, and it's a series about us. What, what is God calling us to do to be together? And let, let's pray as we begin our time in God's Word. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be pleasing and acceptable to, to you, O oh Lord. For you are truly our rock and our redeemer. You alone, Lord, should we rightly fear. You alone, Lord, should we fully follow. You alone, Lord, should our lives be founded upon. Help us, O oh Lord, to truly hear what you want for us. Help us to truly see what you want us to see. Help us to have believing hearts that rejoice at your, your good news. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're in this Y'all series, and part of the goal is to have a good time in God's Word at the beginning of the year here, and Y'all sounds kind of fun, but it's, it's the plural of you. And oftentimes you can be in the plural, but we, we want to make it obvious by using y'all and that southern dialect of plural. And so we have this y'all series where we're talking about the reality that we have a shared situation as human beings. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we have a shared situation. We have, we have shared backgrounds, shared struggles, and shared promises, even though we have some differences. So we're going to talk about differences today and unity. And we're also going to talk about division, because division is an age-old problem. When you get people together, when you get a group, when you get a family, when you get a church family, when you get a community, uh, eventually, because of our brokenness and our selfishness, division is going to come up. It's one of the, the big human problems, right? And there was division in this place called Corinth, this, this city in Greece. We're going to be hearing from a letter written to, to the Corinthian church and they had division they were dividing over teachers and whose teacher was the best and who was following which teacher they were dividing over you could say socioeconomic issues which bled into worship issues and paul had to confront them about how they used the lord's supper or communion for example because some of the folks didn't get to have it because other folks uh were eating all of it maybe because they didn't work as long of days as the other folks and and so you had divisions that, that were financial and worship. You had moral divisions where some people were doing some things that were not right or they were immoral, and that was causing relationship breaks uh, between people. So sometimes when we get into a group, uh, you know, these things happen, right? We have differences in, in our finances. We have differences in our preferences. We have differences in our behaviors, and our differences can lead us to division. Now, uh, 
most division is unhealthy. There is a time for healthy division and separating yourself from something that is not good and right. But a lot of division is not is not healthy. The, the division that comes up because we think we are just better than another person, uh, uh, that's not good. The division that comes up when we just group up into groups of people that have similar tastes and similar likes, that, that division is, is somewhat natural, but not always good. So Paul and his team, uh, the Apostle Paul and his team want to deal with the unhealthy division, and they're going to teach this great truth uh, that we are all really one body, he says, the body of Christ, this imagery of the, the, the church being a body, Christ is the head, we are the body. And so I want to read to you from the, the letter called 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, starting with verse 12. And I will read the y'all version, ESV y'all version. There's really only, I think, one y'all in it, but let's go ahead and hear God's word. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would, the sense, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now y'all are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Did you hear that at the end? Now, y'all are the body of Christ and individually members of it. There is one body, one spirit. And, and this image that we're given of, of the church is, is not, it's not about a business. It's not about an organization or a government. We're given the, the image of a living being, right? 
a living body, because the church is alive. With It's alive and, and has the Spirit of God dwelling within its members. It's, it's more like an organism than it is an organization. Uh, now, in the worldly sense, we have to be organizations, but we are a living spiritual organism. That might sound strange to you, but that is the, the biblical picture we are given here. Uh, the church is not a building primarily. Uh, it may have buildings. The church is not an organization primarily. It may have organizations around the world or around the state or around the nation. But the, the, the church is a gathering of people throughout the nations and throughout the centuries in, in local communities. The church is a gathering of people who believe in Jesus Christ and follow him. You gather as the church, as a living group of people following Jesus. So Palouse Federated Church is not an address. It's, it, it can't be found uh, just in one location because it's all of the people that are, that are connected through Christ together who, who are associated with that name, right? Uh, it, 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 Palouse Federated Church is primarily not a set of organizational documents that are filed with the state of Washington. No, indeed, it is a group of people who depend on Jesus Christ together and who worship together, pray together, seek spiritual growth together, help care for one another, share God's resources together in order to do the, the ministry and the mission God's given us to do. We as local churches, local bodies, we do this not of our own, our own power, our own life, but by the guidance and the leadership of the very real presence of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the Holy Spirit in depth um, last week. If you want to listen to that message, you can go onto our YouTube channel. You may already be there, or you can go to uh, PalouseChurch.org, look under resources. But with the, there, is, there is no Christian, there is no church that is separate from the Holy Spirit. Now, we might be listening to the Holy Spirit to one degree or another, but the Holy Spirit is our life, our, our, our power. Jesus says he'll be your counselor. He's the guide. He's the teacher. He's the helper. And so we, we as churches have one body. We are one body with one Holy Spirit leading us. Now, that means we have unity. I mean, that's our starting point is unity. Now, when people think of division or, or, or think of churches like Corinth, they think of division or some people look at Christianity today and they think of churches as divisive groups, but that should not be uh, because we are one body with one spirit. Now, we have differences. We should have diversity because we're not all the same because we're many parts. There are many parts. There's many parts, many people from different backgrounds. So we are designed to be different, but together in the spirit. We are designed to be different, but together. Now think about it, when I, when I coach soccer, I coach soccer for several years here uh, on the Palouse with little kids, and uh, most kids in soccer, especially the little ladies, they want to be forwards. They want to be forwards because forwards are most likely to score a goal. They're forward. They're on the offense most of the time, right? So most of the kids want to be forwards. But if I let all the kids be forwards, that's not a good strategy because there's no defense and there'd be no goalkeeper and there'd be no midfield and we would often be in big trouble and the forwards then would likely never score. Maybe every once in a while they get lucky, right? They can't all be forwards on that team. They can't all do the same role. There's, there's many different positions, many different parts. 
So a team, just like a team has different positions, uh, has different people in different roles, a, a body has different parts, different members of the body that do different things. And some are more public and some are more private and some are more inward and some are more outward, but they all work together. So, so this, this is Paul's point. You know, we can ask the question, why are there differences? Well, because a body doesn't all have the same part. Where would the body be if it was all eyes, right? And then how do you digest food if you just are all eyeballs, right? Or if you're all feet, how do you, how do you grab anything with, if you don't have any hands, right? So uh, a body has different parts with different functions, whether it's an ear, a nose, an eye, or a foot. Uh, and, and a body also has things that, that are unseen, right? Uh, unseen parts that make things work, that work behind the scenes. And so in, in a church family, whether it's seen or unseen, the, all the roles are as important, right? It's not just the pastor's role or leader roles that are public that are important. It's, it's the people that are doing things behind the scene or that will never be known that are also important. Uh, so th they are, uh, there are parts of our bodies that require privacy and there are parts of the church where people do things that they don't want to be known for, right? Because it's a private giving or it's private prayer, whatever it is, and that's okay. So th there are differences. Some are called to be more public. Some are called to be more private. Some are called and get their hands more dirty. Some do paperwork, but together we, we get the job done in the body. The good news is in the body, because of our differences, uh, or because God set it up this way, we're not conformed to all look one way or be, you know, have one gift or one approach. You can be the person God's called you to be. You can be the best version of yourself. You're not asked to be somebody else. You are individually a member of the body. You are asked to seek to be the person that Christ called you to be, that Christ wants you to be, to, to inhabit that identity that he has for you. Now, that, that identity that God is shaping you into might often stretch you past what you, what you just feel you could do or what you like doing. So sometimes we end up doing something in the body that we're not used to or that we think we won't like, but we end up liking it or we end up being good at it. Sometimes we do something like we never imagined we would do before. Uh, as an example, just myself, do you think I ever imagined being a pastor? Uh, as, a, as a teenager or young adult, I mean, I struggled with that idea. God, God pulled me into this and gave me opportunities and, and, it, and it happened, it came together and I believe it's God's calling upon my life, but I didn't think, feel, imagine that at first. I didn't realize that was my part of the body. I had other ideas for myself, right? But God, God helped me discover my role and God wants for each believer, whether you have a, a, a private function in the body, whether it's administrative, whether you have a service gift, whatever your gift is, God, God has a role for you. You may feel uncomfortable at first with it, but God will lead you past your feelings, right? And he will help you to find what you are actually created for. And when you find your role, and when you are living, depending on the Spirit to help you, there will be a contentment, a type of joy in, in living out that role. And I've, I've experienced that. I have joy in being a pastor. That doesn't make it, make it all easy, but there's contentment when I'm living and believing that God has this role for me. Uh, I'm content with that. 
right? So there's many parts in the body. We're each seeking to find what God is calling us to be and doing that, uh, doing what he's called us to be for his honor and glory and, and, and working together with others to promote uh, the good news of Jesus. Now, in that, as we do that, Paul says there should be no division in the body. No division in the body. Okay? Now, in Acts, uh, we see some really positive examples of the church being the church. In fact, early on in Acts, it says they all were sharing all these things together. They had a common purpose, common property after Pentecost. They'd get all these people from different backgrounds, different regions. You, you started to then have people believe in Jesus from Samaria, and you had Greek Christians, and then Ethiopian background Christians, and you got people that spoke different languages, people who looked different ethnically, and what they had in common was Jesus Christ. And that is, that's a beautiful image of the church, that this church was this explosion outward into different cultures, different language groups, uh, different backgrounds, but everybody was united in Jesus Christ and having the the spirit, right? And so you had this diversity, but unity. Diversity of the backgrounds, but unity of what they believed. And, and that, that's beautiful. Now, some of those churches like Corinth, though, they struggled with having healthy unity, uh, right? They started dividing over earthly things, whether it was uh, their preferences, right? Which teacher they liked or or their economics, what, what you know, level of income they had. Uh, but we should not have that division in the body. We need unity. Now, unity does not mean uniformity, okay? We don't all have to have the same background. We don't have, in fact, we shouldn't, okay? We don't all have to look the same. Unity is good, though, because unity it, it means that Christianity is based on something unifying, a, a unifying belief faith in, in who God is and what God did to love us and save us through his, his son, Jesus Christ, and his life, death, and resurrection, right? And so Christianity is this movement that overcomes the often divisive realities of the world where cultures divide, you know, or people divide uh, over language, ethnicity, or they divide over culture, they divide over uh, traditions, all kinds of things. So the, the Christianity comes in and, and just is brand new. There's no other religion like this. It says it doesn't matter what your background or your language is, your, your, whether you're a slave or whether you're free, whether you're rich, whether you're poor. Uh, God loves you, and Jesus Christ came for each and every person of any background, no matter where you're from, right? No matter who you are, there is a place for you in God's family. And this was revolutionary then, and I think it's still revolutionary now. It's world-changing, right? It dis disrupts all the caste systems or the clique systems, the class systems, the racism, the injustice of the world that's constantly wanting to divide us up into groups. Right? And the devil has so much fun in, in tearing us down in communities and lumping us up in red and blue and racial categories or whatever and turning people against each other. But Christianity is, is a great bringing together, a, a, a unity in Christ of people of different backgrounds. So unity is that, being united in our faith and our belief. It's not the same as being the same, because we're different. We're different, but we're united. 
We're different in our stories of where we came from. We're different maybe in the food we like. We're different in how we do our hair or we're different in maybe some of the convictions we come to or we're different in the gifts and strengths that we have, right? But we are united. And and that strength in our unity is wonderful, but also the strength that we have and those diverse things about us is also good. Because our differences can help us reach all different kinds of people and be in contact with different kinds of people. So we really believe this locally as, as Palouse Federated Church. We come from, and, and, and this has been our heritage for the last 75 years, we, we, we come from different Christian traditions and backgrounds, but we unite on Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ and the scriptures. And we agree to disagree maybe on how we interpret uh, baptism or end times, right? Or some things that aren't, aren't core to salvation, or, you know, and, but we agree on Jesus Christ and that and the God's word is given to us to guide us. And so we want the, the spirit to humble us on all those secondary differences. And we want God to then use us as an example of, to the world around us of a community that can set aside its worldly difference and unite on what, what our central beliefs are, right? And so, yeah, that's what we're seeking to be. We're seeking to be, all of us all together, the body of Christ. Y'all, y'all are the body of Christ together. And when we are that, we should have care for one another. Care for one another. It, it, a body wants to care for itself, Right? taking care of whatever's ailing in us. And so if, if we are a living organism, if, if part of our body's hurting, we want to take care of that part. We want to celebrate and rejoice when the body's feeling good, but we also want to take care of what's hurting. God knew that his followers would need a community, uh, a family, as, as we exist in this broken world, that there would be hard things that happen to us. So let's, let's hear again, uh, starting with the middle of verse 24. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. So when one of us hurts, we all hurt. When one of us is honored, we're all rejoicing and proud that God is using one of our, one of our people and their gifts to do something good in the world, and we, we rejoice at that. But God has so arranged it in this way that, that we care about each other. You know, and I think about that as I think about our partners that, have, uh, that are part of a church in Uganda, you know, and they, they are caring for one another, and most of us will never meet them in person on, on this side of heaven, Right? But, but they are there, brothers and sisters in Christ, real people who are loving one another, taking care of one another. And they've had some hard times recently. Two of the orphans that grew up at the orphanage uh, just recently passed away as young adults, an 18-year-old male and a 22-year-old male, two, two young men. And so, so, you know, they, they didn't have families. They were raised at, with the church literally as their family. And now that body is an example of they're taking care of one another. Pastor Martin is taking care of people, but the church is taking care of him, and they're taking care of each other as they grieve the loss of these two young men. What would that feel like if we lost two young men at that same age? Well, that's, that's what they're going through, this terrible grief and loss. So a body 
can take care of its members in the hardest of time. When a person doesn't know what to do with, with their own life, somebody else in the congregation maybe can, can come alongside them and carry them, whether it's financially, physically, emotionally. Together we can do so much more than we can individually. A body can take care of its other members. We've seen that here, I think. I believe this. Uh, our congregational care team that we started a couple years ago uh, has, has made literally thousands of contacts. We have a couple dozen people who, who make calls and they send messages and they do visits and they send notes and, and, and they're doing this regularly. Some people they contact monthly or every couple of months. Some people they contact weekly and, and we're doing this. And it's so much better than the old church model of the pastor just tries to keep a list and contact everybody. I can't, I can't do that. And that's not, that's not the way God designed it anyway, right? We're designed to care for one another. Each person saying, who can I reach out to and care for? And, and you don't have to officially be on the team. We invite you to join the congregational care team if you'd like, but who can you care for, right? Who can you care for that's within the church family and outside the church family? Who can you provide some care and support for? Your spirituality, your life is not just for you, right? So who can you support and encourage? For example, our, our church helped to, to grieve with and support 17 families with, with memorials and funerals in, in 2022. Some of those folks were inside the church family. Some of those folks were outside the church family. But, but we, not just me as a pastor, but really the congregation said we can help those people grieve. We had numbers of people who helped with providing cookies or fellowship hall or taking care of the building, doing different things so that we can help families who are grieving the loss of their loved ones. So that, that's, we can care for one another. Now, I think we can keep growing in this idea of care as the congregation for one another, care as the congregation for our surrounding communities. Uh, because we really did inherit an old model that, that the pastor does most of what's called pastoral care. And I got to tell you, I don't really believe in that model. I believe in what's called congregational care. I believe where I do my best as a leader to preach, teach, pray, develop leadership, cast a vision with other leaders, and I, I build up the, the people of the church to do the ministry that God is calling them to do. But I cannot care, and I will not care for all the congregation because I will provide a substandard level of care than what you actually need. Will I visit you in the hospital? Yes. Will I serve you uh, at the time of the loss of a loved one? Absolutely. But I, I want more care going on all the time than what I can provide. And so sometimes I need to pull back so that others can step up. I want the congregation caring for one another as God intended. And, and you see, it works. It works. It works because we each have a sphere of influence. It works when we really, when, when we see that each of us has uh, connections where we can make a difference. And God has arranged this. This is not random. God has his people in places where you can connect with people and you can be intentional, not random acts of kindness. No, 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 don't you waste your energy on that. You can be kind to strangers, that's great. But what about intentionally loving the people God has put in your sphere of influence? Your neighbors, your coworkers, your barista, right? Your people in your orbit. How can you bless and, and, and share with them? How can you connect in? With them, How can you check on them? Do you have a senior citizen next door? Maybe you don't like them that much. How can you check in with them, though? Right? Do, do you have somebody uh, that you know in your family that nobody really checks in on? How about you check in on them? Right? 
How about that believer that sits just a few seats away from you? Right? Or online, you see somebody who logs in. And who, who can you check on? What is your sphere of influence? I believe that God has these God-ordained intersections of our lives with others for a reason. And, and you might have some of those where you're intersecting with someone you don't know yet or you don't know well. The new kid at school, the new person down the street, the new person on the block, whatever it is. Uh, they may be strangers, but is God intersecting your life with them? How can you help them? Um, some, of the, some of my most favorite people in my life have been people that I didn't know several years ago. But I thought, God, you want me to get to know those people? And, you know, some of those are little people that we help take care of. And I'm so, it's enriched my life to, to get to know new people in the community and, and, um, and seek to serve them. But also, there's times when the people you serve come alongside you and they serve you, and that's a beautiful thing. So, friends, we can care for one another. I, 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 I just want us to really believe we are the body of Christ. And so there's some simple habits for 2023 that we could we could use uh, in our lives to, to help remember this and put it into practice. Morning and evening habit. The morning time, you could just pray as you start your day, maybe with your palms up in a, in a posture of reception, and you could say, Lord, I receive the role you have for me today. That, that part of the body of Christ he has for you today. You could say, Lord, I receive this, this role. Lord, I believe there are people today that I can serve um, and I believe that there are people that are going to bless me with care. Help us, your body, to care for one another. Maybe you could add that type of prayer or that specific prayer to your life this week. Just receiving the role that God has for you. Believing that there's someone you can care for, but there's also someone that's probably going to care for you. And then praying that God's body would care for one another. In the evening... The evening time is a good time to reflect and release so you could reflect and say, did I treat people with care and kindness today, Lord? And if God brings to mind an area where you fell short, you could say, God, forgive me, and I release that, and I ask you to help me to do better the next time. God, did I care for your body well today? And God might affirm you and say, yeah, you did. Good job. And receive that. There's areas where you fell short, you can release that and ask for forgiveness. But consider having a morning time where you receive daily and remember that you are part of the body. Individually, we are members of the body. So you can remember that in the morning and in the evening you can reflect and say, God, where did I, where did I live as your body today? Well, God has arranged the body of Christ beautifully. And that, if you believe that includes you, you are called to the body, right? And that is amazing. May we believe, may we believe that the body has a deep, beautiful diversity that the world needs to see. May we believe that our unity in Christ is far stronger that, that, than anything that would seek to divide Christ's body. And may we pursue care for one another and most of all, may y'all believe, may you truly all believe that you all are the body of Christ and individually 
members of him. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for calling us to be your body, to be your people. What a sacred, beautiful honor that, that you are our head, our leader, and that we are part of what you are doing in this world. Thank you that we are different, that we have different roles and different backgrounds and different stories. Thank you for the different people that have blessed us in so many ways. And Lord, help us to really own each of us our role in the body and how we can bless and care for one another. Lord, thank you. Thank you for calling us individually to be members of your body. We just praise you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, the next steps are on the screen. If you want to really understand your role for the church and what the church is more, there's a next step there. I would love to talk to you about that. I could email, message you, call you. You could choose which form, but just check that box or, or say that in the comments below or message me, Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, at policechurch.org. And if you want to be part of us caring for one another, maybe join the congregational care team, there's a box there that says, I, I, my next step is to help us care for one another. You want to check that? Hey, go for that. And maybe that's part of your role is to step more intentionally into the way we care for one another. Well, thanks be to God for his word. And thanks be to God for calling us together as his body. Hello, friends. I truly pray that this message blessed you. And if you want to find out more about our ministries or listen to other messages or videos of our worship services, you can check us out at palousechurch.org or search for Palouse Church on YouTube or check us out on Facebook or we are on uh, the Bible app. There's different ways to find us. You can always email me, Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, at palousechurch.org uh, to connect with me or to send me a prayer request. We really appreciate you connecting with us in this way, and may God bless your day.